Welcome in, everyone, to the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News on hand, along with Travis Ryder, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get Talking Tide podcasts anywhere you prefer to get podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, and as well, catch us live on YouTube and Facebook. The Twitter feed is Talking underscore Tide. You can get links to all our podcasts right there. And quickly, we want to thank a couple of sponsors, North River Dental Associates, Peterbrook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, and DraftKings. And with that, we dive right into uh, a recap of Tennessee's 52-49 to thrilling home upset over Alabama. 15-game win streak for Alabama in the series goes by the boards and a wild, wild game in Knoxville, Travis. Absolutely. You know, we thought that this game would go over the uh, Vegas total, right? We were both, I think, in agreement. We We both like Tennessee getting at the time what was seven and a half point. That uh, that line went up, though, once it became a little more clear that I guess Bryce was going to play in the game for Alabama, Bryce Young. but Went to nine, right? Yeah, went up to nine and still had Tennessee dealing with a couple of absences and Jalen McCullough in the back end of that defense and Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver, not going to play. It just seemed like it was trending in a direction favoring Alabama. And even after the 28 to 10 lead for Tennessee there in the second quarter, Alabama with the big comeback and has the lead late. Looks like they get a stop and lo and behold, there is a flag on the play boy and flags. Really the story once again, for Alabama. I know we're going to talk about that specific play, but you know, there were 16 other penalties yeah. on Alabama in the game. So hard to work around all of them, right? I don't I don't know how you get seven in the first quarter and then pile on 10 more <laughs> after that. What in the world? Uh yeah, we'll get into that, no doubt, here on this edition of Talking Tide. But of course, uh a game ending field goal by Chase McGrath of Tennessee wobbles home kind of knuckles home uh looked off the foot travis like probably no chance and uh you know of course will reichard uh, got a lot more lift on his game winning potential would be game winning field goal try did not go that was a long one uh that was a and and you know nick saban's coaching staff catching some criticism for those penalties and rightfully so also uh uh, a lot of heat on, I, th- I think, the, the staff for uh, the way they handled the sequence there with the play calls right before that field goal. Uh, maybe make Tennessee burn an extra timeout with a run. Who knows? But uh, a, a lot, a lot of what ifs and if onlys out there. But at the end of the day, Tennessee outplayed Alabama. Tennessee went out to that twenty-eight to ten lead, and and even though Alabama came back. That was still the difference in the game, uh, getting whooped like that, I think, in, in the first quarter plus. Uh, they gave up touchdowns on Tennessee's first three possessions, just went right through the Alabama defense. And if you count the Quindarius Robinson miscue on the punt, uh, Tennessee's first four possessions went for touchdowns if you, if you give them – if, if you want to call that, of, of that fourth possession, how it went with Robinson's miscue. Yeah, and just the continued lack of poise for Alabama on the road. 
really going back to last season and extending into this season. At some point, it's going to catch up with you. You know, there were kind of the ingredients that we've seen in past Alabama losses on the road. Uh, a starting quarterback playing out of his mind, although Hendon Hooker certainly won't be confused with a guy like Steven Garcia or uh, Zach Calzada. This guy is a future pro, an NFL quarterback. Not sure if he's a starting NFL quarterback or a long-term guy in the NFL, but he's definitely going to be in the league. The only thing really working against Hendon Hooker right now is that he turns 25 in January. <laughs> the guy's already older than Mac, Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts and Tua Tonga Vailoa. But, you know, that veteran presence obviously helped the Tennessee offense. And you're right. Even if you want to look at the lines of scrimmage, Tennessee controlled those for the most part, rushing for over 180 yards. And, um, you know, Alabama with one sack and two tackles for loss in the game, Chase. Zero quarterback hurries, according to the Tennessee stats. Um you know, that 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 wasn't going to work defensively for Alabama. And then you, you can't run with Jalen Hyatt. Uh, that's that's a problem, too, especially when you're getting sub-package personnel and one of your safeties matched up on it. Yeah, I thought somewhat quietly Alabama, uh, Tennessee's pass protection was a big, big storyline in this game. And Alabama's secondary, of course, after giving up five touchdown passes to Hyatt, uh, is, is catching a lot of grief. But look, there wasn't any heat, uh, really, to speak of. D.J. Dale had Alabama's only sack on, on uh, a push up the middle. Uh, but Tennessee did a great job on Will Anderson, did a nice job on Dallas Turner. We really didn't see the cheetah package. They pretty much kept that off the field. Uh, so, you know, you add all that together and you got a secondary that, that, that was exposed. And, look, Nick Saban really didn't mention much of anything about Alabama's lack of a pass rush. He did mention, though, that this, that Tennessee's coaching staff was able to line up some mis, mis, some mismatches in coverage uh, that helped with all this too. Uh, I know, uh, you know, how, how it got loose on Demarco Helms. I think more than once, and that's not probably not a matchup you want. Uh, so, a lot to a lot to sort through, a lot to unpack, as they say, Travis, with this. Alabama defensive performance really rough uh, from a unit that Alabama has really been able to count on for uh, really all year until this one. Yeah, they they have. Then they, they've still been spotty in some ways. I, I caught some heat last week for kind of pointing out that if you're truly an elite defense, even against Texas A&M in the first half of that game, you know the two turnovers that set Texas A&M up on some fairly short fields. I get it; that was a tough spot to be in. But if this defense is what we think it is, then you force at least one field goal on those right. two opportunities. Now they did more of that in the second half, but you know, I guess if I'm an Alabama fan, my biggest problem with all that, a couple of things from Saturday against Tennessee, is that some of those same matchups were the matchups Tennessee got on you in Tuscaloosa last year. Right. Except it was Daniel Wright instead of DeMarco Hellams. Yeah. Right? Yep. So what did you learn from those? You got away with it. You got away with it because you won by 28, ultimately. But that was a tight game going into the fourth quarter last year. And so, you know, we've heard Nick Saban talk many, many times about, you know, it's always nice to be able to learn lessons in a win as compared to a loss. Based on what Alabama was getting matched up with in the secondary, it didn't look to me like they learned anything from last year's game. 
because you had essentially a lot of the same matchups just with different guys. In fact, it was so bad in Tuscaloosa a year ago, Daniel Wright was benched for DeMar- for an injured DeMarco Helms in that game. Mid-game, they went to DeMarco, who was dealing with the ankle stuff last year. So you can't you can't uh, plead ignorance or you, you didn't know. You saw this last year. Now, the one thing they did do, and I think this hurt them probably in their run defense, and it's something we talked about last week, was how do you approach Tennessee – to open possessions with your front. Last year, they were more heavy. They went three defensive linemen and Will Anderson. We talked about that last week. Mm. Saturday, they went, they want to play Dallas Turner and Will Anderson together. I get that. But that left them lighter than a year ago than when they, say, had LeBron Ray at a defensive end and Will at the jack. So and Tennessee hurt Alabama on the they run they game. did enough Ran for one eighty they so. did enough they didn't kill them but they also have backs and a quarterback who are yards after contact guys so because you've got four linebackers on the field a lot with just two DLs in that nickel package some of those two yard runs turn into five six seven right after yeah. the contact. And that's where you missed a guy like Jalen Moody, I think, in the game. Because Jalen Moody gives you some thump against the run. Now, you know, he may not be the athletic guy that Deontay Lawson is. And Deontay's going to be great. This isn't to put him down at all. But I think one of the things that hadn't been talked about is I think you missed Jalen Moody in this game where your run defense was concerned. And then when Tennessee started pulling linemen and running some of that counter type action you're asking dallas turner and will anderson to take that on and set edges against stuff like that and um that didn't always work out well either and strangely enough travis the word straight from nick saban midweek was Jalen moody was go uh i I was surprised that he didn't yeah uh that was that was interesting for sure i i don't know maybe the decision was made just to go with deontay and again I think Deontay's going to be great. I think he's already really, really good. And he's going to be critical in a year's time. But um, one thing I know Jalen Moody can do is is make tackles and not just make tackles, but limit yards after contact. Tennessee not only kept itself in really good, I thought, for the most part, some some third and shorts with that running game. Set up some second and shorts, too, Travis. And when you do that, that opens the door for Hooker to take shots, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, the freedom to, to turn it loose and maybe throw uh, a, a low percentage pass for a big gain downfield, that comes after you spring one up the middle and th- right through the A-gap for eight or nine. Well, and also on the explosive pass plays, you look, you, sometimes you're going to get caught in a matchup where you're going to get beat at the line of scrimmage and there's going to be separation, but can somebody make a tackle, you know, to limit it to even just 30 yards instead of it just going 78. That was the most glaring thing to me in hooker needing just 30 attempts to pass for 385 yards was that we weren't talking about minimal windows at all. We were talking about wide open spaces of green. Yeah, and Jalen yeah. Hyatt doesn't need a lot of help 
He just needs a little bit. And these were just boat race jobs, you know, where people weren't even in the neighborhood. And this is a very experienced back end of that defense. And yeah, Terry and Arnold was targeted a little bit on the outside, but this wasn't Texas A&M. This was attacking safeties and sub-package guys. And even when Alabama tried to go dime to get another defensive back on the field, Hyatt actually had his 78-yarder against that look. Right, right. And, and Hooker, for his part, he had a couple of overthrows on to wide open guys. They missed. They missed a couple. Of wide, they didn't hit them all. That's but, the know. thing. And look, Hendon Hooker gonna be more of a Heisman probably factor at this point than Bryce. But anyone that tries to tell me in the NFL draft next spring you would take Hendon Hooker over Bryce Young after what we saw from those guys in terms of translating to the next level, yeah. come on now, give me a break. And 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 good for Hendon Hooker again. He he deserves all the accolades he's going to get between now and uh, the end of the season. But as a pro, uh, Bryce Young's ready right now. A good segue to talk offense there for Alabama. Travis Bryce Young returns uh, from the AC joint sprain in his shoulder to throw for four fifty five, couple of touchdowns. Really was the star of the day for Alabama, kept him in it late, brought him back from the big deficit. Um, and not only that, but and it, it was pretty clear he didn't have any interest in running the ball. Uh, and he usually doesn't anyway, right? He's a throw-first quarterback. I think even more so in this one, he looked uh, reticent to tuck it. Uh, but what a magic act he pulled off avoiding sacks. Uh, there were a couple of times where Tennessee pass rushers looked like they had him dead to rights. And yeah. he was able to spin away, make a quick move, change the direction type stuff, buy himself some extra time. And and really uh, one of his, especially when you, when you factor in the quality of the opponent mm. and, 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 the, and the road setting and coming off the shoulder, you add all that together and you could argue that this was as good a game as he's ever played at Alabama. Well, and the thing was, when it was winning time, he did tuck it a few times. You're right. For the first three quarters, it was obvious. He had been coached, and understandably so. You, know, you just can't be taking the kind of hits that he took even in this game a year ago when he had a couple of rushing touchdowns. But he took some shots, and – I love the intangibles about Bryce Young in this game as much as anything else. He took shots in the in the pocket that, by NFL standards, there would be a fine letter from Roger Goodell in your locker Tuesday if if you put some of the shots on an NFL quarterback that you yeah. put on Bryce Young in this game. And, you know, that goes back to the penalty situation too. But, no, I Bryce Young tried to make it Everything this team did to lose that game, he tried to make it all right. And that was a lot. I mean, when you talk about special teams failures, you talk about a defense that was vaporized for the most part. Even with all that, on the road, in front of that kind of crowd, Bryce Young almost made it. He almost made it all right. Well, yeah. and Jameer Gibbs. Let's give him some credit, too. And, and I know what you're saying about Bryce avoiding sacks. I thought the offensive line was 
at least okay in the game. Now, when Alabama needed to be able to thump the run game in the fourth quarter for the second straight week, they weren't able to do it. Yeah. And I know there's some questions about, well, how Alabama handled those final three offensive plays. And I get it from a clock perspective, but I didn't have a problem with it because at that point, Alabama was not effectively doing anything on the ground. And Bryce Young's the best player in the building. So why not put it in his hands there? And yeah. if, if Gibbs makes the catch, we're not probably talking about any of this on second down because it looked like he had room coming back across the field, maybe could have scored. That could have been big. There's no doubt about it. You hate to see that for Gibbs, who played such a really good Yeah, game. and I've got no problem with Jameer Gibbs either, yeah. by the way. Yeah. He, he was a big eraser for the rest of that football team Saturday, too, along with <laughs> along with Bryce. Third straight 100-yard game, if I'm not mistaken, for mm -hmm. Jameer Gibbs. He had five catches as well. He was big. There, there's no question about it. Um Certain, saw a little less of Jace McClellan than I thought we'd see. Um, you know, this, this coaching staff, they, they seem to be leaning a little bit more on Gibbs at this point in the season. And I think once Alabama got down big and they were pretty much in comeback mode, they were going to go with Gibbs because they needed big plays to try to get back in the game. And they did it pretty quickly there between the, uh, the second and the third quarters. But he's obviously the, the top guy. Um, they did do some – they tried to do some two-back stuff, uh, especially there in the first half. They were effective with the orbit and high motion looks in the game against Tennessee last year, so I wasn't surprised to see more of that maybe uh, against the Vols than we had seen against A&M. Um, but I thought Gibbs was great too. Give Tennessee credit though. I mean, he averaged 4.3 a carry. And if you're Tennessee going into the game and he comes in averaging nearly nine – uh, 4.3 is a win, right? You take that. Yeah, there's yeah. no question about it. A couple other big plays in the game that just can't go without mention. The Dallas Turner fumble recovery for a touchdown. What a what an unbelievable turn events that was. Really, Alabama's best momentum in the entire game, I thought, was pretty much at that moment. Uh, there was like three different plays or sequences there in the fourth quarter alone where you felt like Alabama might have won the game. That was one of them. The pass interference call on Malachi Moore on the interception that was wiped away by Kool-Aid McKintry was definitely one of them. Yep. Uh, and then the field goal attempt by Will Reichard, who even though it's 50 yards, you're still thinking this guy is so good that you're expecting that to go through. There's not many college kick kickers where you're looking at a 50-yarder in that situation and going, yeah, I, I actually think this is going through the goalpost. And I, I still thought it with Will is just a little wide right. So, um, yes, I, I thought Alabama was on the receiving end of some bad breaks, um, but they also had some opportunities uh, on their own to really, to really put the game away. Speaking of goalposts, <laughs> uh, they come down at Neyland Stadium, Travis. Uh, the fate, the Knoxville News Sentinel did a really nice job tailing the goalpost, writing the story of what became of the goalpost. Uh, I believe one of the goalposts, or at least a piece of one, ended up in the Tennessee River, uh, and another ended up 
in the backyard of a fraternity house where it was sawed into pieces for keepsakes and uh, sure to be uh, eventual eBay profits and such. I don't know how you verify uh, that this was, <laughs> this is, I don't know. I don't know if you can get a COA, right? A certificate of authenticity for a, a piece of that post. I don't know if you could get that, but uh, uh, some of that will be sold, I'm sure. And some of it will end up on, on uh, shelves of Tennessee fans for many years. And then we see on social media Sunday, uh, Tennessee football, Tennessee, Tennessee athletics, uh, asking fans to donate for the, uh, the new pair. Yeah. What What is that about? Well, I mean, they, they owe about a hundred million dollars still in buyouts, I think, you know, (laughs) so times is hard. You know, when I when when, when I used to think maybe Alabama's literally broken Tennessee football, well, maybe it did. Maybe the, the Vols are broke, you know, and they're having to go fund me, crowdsource uh, new goalposts up oh, there I, in Knoxville. I clicked on – it's been a wild day for me. I actually, believe it or not, I went from Knoxville to Auburn and then back to Tuscaloosa. It's you hit the rival Sunday trail. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Uh, I was down there for – uh, a ceremony for for the daughter who's in medical school down there. But uh, on my way back, I clicked on that GoFundMe, Travis. Um, so and- officially now, Chase Goodbarner, it will <laughs> refer to him. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Uh, but no, the uh, the GoFund or whatever it is, the the fundraising drive that Tennessee put out on its official football Twitter feed, Travis. The goal, the the goal is 150 grand, I believe. They had they had uh, as of as of maybe an hour ago uh, here on Sunday night before we uh, went on the air, they had collected 62 grand uh, from about 1,500 donors. So what is that? A little less than 100 apiece on average. And uh, the goal didn't say what the goal was, but it said 41 percent of the goal had been reached. And they'd gotten sixty-two grand, so I'm guessing that's about one hundred and fifty grand. Well, they caught a hundred thousand dollar fine from the SEC because it's their second time storming the storming Summer Arena. I think the basketball program yeah. got their first offense on that. Uh, I got to think that hundred. Look, it can't possibly cost one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to stick two goalposts in the ground. I think they might. I. I wonder if they might be trying to help pay that pay that SEC fine too with this drive. Yeah, you never know. Big baseball fans suddenly in Knoxville these days with that baseball program. Maybe they tore down a foul pole after a two of three win over LSU or something. No, I mean it's it just it speaks to how wins over Alabama still resonate, unlike any maybe in all of sports right now. Really, I'm talking about the after effect. You're watching NFL football on Sunday. I'm watching our Jags lose again. It's Jags Colts. Does anybody watching Jags Colts really care about Tennessee or Alabama football? I mean, the numbers of people that are watching that game. Right. It's brought up, you know, the Alabama Tennessee game. I mean, that's just, it was a hell of a game. Don't get me wrong, but the, the constant for the last 10, 15 years is that it, it involves Alabama it, it just resonates giant. It's giant toppling. That's how, yeah. it, that, that's what it is. And there isn't uh, a bigger one. I don't care. I, it's, it's crazy because Georgia is the defending national champion and all people still talk about is Alabama losing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Crazy. All right. The talking tide podcast on the pigskin podcast network moving on right now uh, with uh, a couple of shout outs to our fine sponsors going to start out. Telling you about North River Dental Associates and that great job that former Alabama linebacker Jack Smalley 
and his super staff of dental hygienists does over there at that great location right off of Watermelon Road at 1100 Fairfax Park. North River Dental Associates will get you taken care of, whether you need porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, pediatric dentistry for the kids, the laser dentistry, the endodontics, dentures, teeth whitening services. They do it all over there. And of course, they're going to get you in and out of the door, typically in under an hour on a routine cleaning. That waiting room is usually empty. No more than one or two people in there max, typically, when you go in there. They get you in and out quickly, but they do a fantastic job quality-wise. Also, offering Botox and Juvederm treatments at North River Dental. If you want to tighten up those facial features, Dr. Jack has you taken care of on that as well. Uh, give them a call at 752-3506, or you can go online and visit NorthRiverDentist.com to make an appointment. It is North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Look, if you picked up one of those chocolate cigars for Tennessee Week, you're in luck. You were in luck because that baby tasted a lot better after that Alabama defeat, didn't it? Yeah. Than uh, the traditional cigars. At least you had something to maybe help you feel a little bit better with those chocolate cigars. But Peterbrook, of course, got you covered for upcoming Halloween. They've got the Boo Bark. Uh, you can do a Boo Bark class where you actually go in yourself and maybe a friend or two or a group. And you make your own Boo Bark. And then you take it home and enjoy it with for yourself. 205-752-0211. That's the phone number there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Get yourself signed up today. They've got classes for adults they've got summer camps all those type of things interactive activities at peterbrook chocolatier 1530 mcfarland boulevard north all right finally going to tell you all about our corporate sponsor that would be DraftKings. the nfl action in full swing at the DraftKings sportsbook unofficial sports betting partner of the nfl talking touchdowns big plays and even bigger wins new customers can bet just five dollars on any nfl team to win and you'll get two hundred dollars and free bets if they do. You absolutely cannot beat that deal. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings. Stepped up, same game, parlays as well. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. You need to use the promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. And they'll get you started with $200 in free bets if your team wins on a $5 bet on any football game. Again, use promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Travis, as always, we look around the SEC to close out the Sunday nighter. Uh, we begin with uh, a quick discussion of Ole Miss's win over Auburn, 48-34, to the final score there. Three 100-yard rushers. What has gotten into Lane Kiffin? He's Barry Switzer all of a sudden, Travis, with this running game over at Ole Miss. It's out of control. Nobody can stop this this Ole Miss running game. No, they can't. And brought back a fairly experienced and talented offensive line and hit the portal uh, for Zach Evans. Brought in a, a really good young back in Judkins. And, um, you know, Jackson Dart, even at the quarterback position, they're getting some Matt Corral-like rushing production from. And um, transfer portal reps, man, really across that team. But, you know, that game ended up closer than I thought it would, especially after the start uh, that Ole Miss got off to. But, um, 
kind of more of what we had expected from Tank Bigsby for Auburn in that game. Um, Jarquez Hunter, too, at the running back position. So it looked better for Auburn in, in that sort of shootout, but uh, still another loss for Brian Harson. LSU knocks off Florida in the swamp, 45-35, the final score there. Big night for Jaden Daniels, the uh, transfer portal quarterback for the LSU Tigers. Uh, Richardson for Florida uh, played okay, had a really nice rushing game, um, but they're, they're looking for more for him for sure in the passing game. But really, Travis, Florida's defense, uh, kind of the story in this one, just looked horrible against LSU. Yeah, that's cringy for a Florida defense to to get beaten up like that. And, you know, something about LSU going into Gainesville, they don't seem to fret that very much lately, it seems like. And Daniels is is playing at a pretty consistent and high level. So if you're an Alabama fan and thinking about quarterbacks on the horizon like Will Rogers, well, you're going to have another one coming off that bye week when Alabama goes to Baton Rouge and sees Daniels and the Tigers. Finally. Kentucky knocks off Mississippi State, that final score, 27-17. Of note, obviously, because Mississippi State is the Crimson Tide's upcoming opponent. Uh, Will Levis back in action in this one, but Chris Rodriguez, kind of the story, 197 yards uh, for your guy, uh, Chris Rodriguez. Really hard runner, tough runner, and Mississippi State couldn't do anything with him. Uh, Just when you're ready to start, Thinking about trying to trust the Mike Leach team, <laughs> Travis, uh, you, they, they pull a, a kind of a stinker like this. Yeah, Mike doesn't like uh, flying above the ra- flying on the radar so good. You know, I think Mike likes it better. Pirate likes it better when he's able to kind of sneak up on your ship, you know, and take over things. But I had that one wrong, and that's what I get. You said the key word. I trusted Mississippi State in that spot. and I did, too. I picked them. I know we did, and that's what we both get. And so, um, yeah, Levis, uh, big performance. But, um, you know, I guess the Kentucky defense, too. He, you look at, what, 17 points for Mississippi State in that game? Uh, you got to give those guys a lot of credit. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. I want to thank our viewers and listeners on YouTube, Facebook, and elsewhere. Be sure to join Travis and I on Wednesday night when we preview the Crimson Tide's upcoming home game against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. So for Travis Ryer, uh, the San Diego Padres hat clad, Travis Ryer. Not Braves about- are out. Yep. Braves are out. So I'm on the pods bandwagon. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I don't like the Dodgers a whole lot. You know, I, 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 I was glad to see San Diego knock them off as well. We'll see how they continue through that uh, National League postseason. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us here on Talking Tide. We will talk to you on Wednesday night.